It's that time again. It is time to get involved in a small group. Yep, join us, Sunday school class today. No, no, I didn't say Sunday school class. I said small group. Same thing. No, they're really not. Yeah, really. They're, yeah, they're totally doing. Yeah, they're really doing all the things. A small group is a D group, is a cell group, is a community group. But this is a chance for you to get involved. Whatever you call it, get involved in a small group. Get involved in a small group Sunday school. Not what I said. Two totally different things. When you say yes to a small group, your life will be changed because you are doing life with other people. Hmm, that does sound better than Sunday school when I was a kid. Hmm. Times have changed, my friend. Oh, you know what? I remember in Sunday school, we would always start with donuts. Do the small groups have donuts? Still have donuts. <laughs> yes. They're just gluten-free now. Oh. A unique feature of the Gospel of John is that he told us that he self-edited. He selected miracles based on the fact that they would help us believe. He even told us that if he were to compile all the things that Christ had done, he doesn't think that all the libraries in the world could contain the account of what he would have to write. But he selected those that would help us believe. In other words, every time he selected a miracle, he was thinking, will this help people believe? And in believing, have life in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what John wants us to have, is life. Robust, energizing, vigorous, empowering life. And I think that's what I love about the Gospel of John, is that he selected his stories and his teachings with that intent, that we would believe in the Messiah. And in believing, we would have life. It's the most timeless underdog story in all of history. David versus Goliath. A shepherd boy that no one believed in, looking up at a nine-foot giant that everyone believed was undefeatable. It's a story we apply to business, to sports, to politics, to a wide assortment of challenges and struggles that each of us face in our lives. And in every version of this story, we want to see ourselves as David. It's easy to think, if I could just be like David, I could fight the giants in my life. The giant of fear, the giant of rejection, the giants of anger and addiction. We all have a giant, that's the bad news. But here's the good news, we are not David. The story of David is not a story about us. It's ultimately a story about Jesus, the one who has slayed not just one giant, but every giant. For all time, for all people, Jesus is the ultimate giant slayer. This is the message at the center of Goliath must fall. There's a remarkable amount of freedom in realizing that Jesus has knocked down your giant for your good and for his glory. And when we begin to live in that freedom, not only will we see that Goliath could fall, we see something even more extraordinary. Goliath must fall.
Hey everybody, it's Bob Goff here and I've written a book called Undistracted. What I'm hoping to do is talk about how we could move back from our life, all the busy, all the crazy, because we can find purpose if we're undistracted. What distraction does is it takes you away from your purpose. It separates you from people. It looks like you're present, but you're not present anymore. Know what I mean? We've made some curriculum and a study guide, and we hope that as small groups and small gatherings, what you can do is talk about the stuff that matters. Push all the distractions to the side. Find your purpose again. I think this video series is gonna walk you through some of the things that might get you there. Really hope you enjoy it. We wrote this book for two types of people. One, those who are unhealthy and want to become healthy. And second, for those who are healthy and want to be healthier. Because all of us, no matter who you are, we have unmet longings in our life. We have consequences of the past. And what I've learned, I needed someone else to work with me for me to see what these unmet longings were and how the, my past was affecting my present ministry. One of the things I love about this video series is it's so holistic from, from it gives the A to Z of why we do the things we don't wanna do and how to heal. And it, start out, it starts out with talking about what it means to thrive in life, to have this abundant life that Jesus came to bring us, which happens in relationship with him and others and, and the needs that we're seeking to have fulfilled that oftentimes we don't know we're seeking to have fulfilled. Uh, the second part is that it gets into the why behind our struggles. You know, I know for so many years of my life, I struggled with anxiety or, or pornography or, or anger and didn't know why. I thought it was just bi biology or I thought it was just sin, but there were deeper things in my life, things I was actually wanting, love, safety. Um, and there was reasons for that questioning your struggles. Rather than just condemning your struggles, you'll find that your brokenness can actually lead you to healing. You figure out what the brokenness is about and what you're longing for, then you know what you need. And God wants to provide that love, that, that safety, those solutions to you. And we get all into that in, in the video series so you can truly heal and thrive. I think one of the uniquenesses of this book is how it bridges between two people. One, describing like what Ben just shared, just burdened down with issues in your life, your past, and just wanting to die. But at the same time, this book will minister to that person that is right up here. They're feeling good about their life. God is using them, but they wanna be used more. They wanna experience more of that relationship with Christ. This book, Free to Thrive, can really take you to the next step. What if I told you of a hidden secret virtue that in essence is the key to all of life? It unlocks the purpose of your existence. It attracts the provision, the presence, and the protection of our creator. It's the root of all noble character and the foundation of all true happiness. You'd say, come on, John, that doesn't exist. I assure you it does, and it has changed my life and the lives of countless others forever. 
I want to share it with you in a brand new study called The Awe of God. It's six lessons. You can do it alone with me or you can invite a group of friends. But I assure you, at the end of this study, your life will be changed forever. Yeah, Susie, you want to come on up and just share a minute? <laughs> Josh, you can come up here too. Come on, come on. Everybody shame him into coming up with her. He, he said I had to talk, but I need him to stand by me. So um, we have an amazing group that has been meeting for, we're act, this is actually our fourth year that we've met, and uh, it's been such a blessing to us in so many ways. And this, the last end of the year, we're going to be doing the story of marriage. It's another book. This is by John and Lisa Brevere, and they're fabulous. Now, Josh and I, we um, say that we, what do we call it? We facilitate the group. We don't try to lead the group because we have a lot of amazing people in our group. So this actually, the end of the year will not be led by us. It's going to be led by Shether and, uh, Heather and Shane, Shether Harbolt, <laughs> Heather and Shane Harbolt. So they're going to be helping us with that, and we're really excited about that. The great part about this is that, one, it's Sunday nights. So if you have kids, especially if you have kids in sports, this is the group to come to because all throughout the week, we don't have a night that's free right now. So Sunday nights is a night that we are guaranteed to not have sports, and we can come together, and child care is provided for you. We make sure that we have somebody there for your kiddos so you don't have to worry about that. Our first meeting is actually tonight at 6 o'clock here at Church Alive, um, and we have special speakers. So they're, um, they're going to be coming tonight. We're so excited. So Jeff and Jackie Hartwig are going to be here to talk to us. We try to do a couple special speakers a year so that um, we can just bring in people who are smarter than us, who know more about um, life and marriage and can pour into our group. And so that's what we're going to be doing. Um, anything else you wanted to add? Um, our group which I said is very special. We do like to do life together. So we not only plan times to learn together, we plan times to have fun together. We also plan times for our families to be together. Um, I think pretty much every family wants their kids to be with them all the time. And that's how we run our house. So kids are welcome um, to about everything. And um, we make sure that we have family time involved too. We've been camping together. That was super fun. We've been um, canoeing together. We've had cookouts together. So we really do try to live that life together. So, um, okay, you're free. I have, I have two other things I have to talk about. Okay. Okay, so you're, you're free to go. Thank you, honey. Um, so the second thing that I wanted to talk about 
Yes. Isn't he adorable? Yes. Um, is our college and career group that we are starting up. So um, this is happening. It's Yes, it's started by me, but it shouldn't be started by me. So my husband and I were talking about it. He said, honey, you can't do that. We can't do that. And I said, I know, I know this. But um, at the time, I, I contacted Roger. We talked about it. And I said, I am willing to start this. Um, I can get it going, get it rolling. But there's somebody here. There's a couple here at Church Alive who will do a much better job than we can do for kids. So um, be thinking about it. If you have a heart for this age group, if you have some time that you can carve out to love on, you know, college kids, career kids who are, you know, in their 20s, early 30s, um, if you can feed them, that is very important. So we love to feed people. That is like one of the one of the things that is our love language. We love to feed people. So right now it is it's not eight o'clock. We're gonna meet here at nine thirty before church. We'll have a short devotional, and I will feed you. So if you're a college age kid or you're a career career person, come and we'll do a devotion together. Um, I will bring something. It's probably not gonna be gluten free, but we will deal with that. And um, I'm just praying that there's somebody here who will take this over and make it much better than I can make it. So there's that. And then one last thing, sorry. Um, thank you, those who signed up for our children's ministry. We are actually revamping how we're doing our children's ministry right now. So I thank you, thank you so much. We do still need probably one or two ladies um, who can help on Wednesday nights. Who, are willing, who want to make a little extra cash. If you're a college-age kid and you want to make a little money um, and you are free on Wednesday nights, we would love to have you. So come see me or Pastor Tim for that. And then um, also we, I think we, we will be getting with all of you who did sign up and we're working on placement for um, our new revamped children's ministry. So thank you guys so much. And that's all I have. Hey, I'm Connie. Um, hey, Josh and Susie, you know that uh, John and Lisa Bevere both graduated from Purdue, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so my group, I'm so excited about this, uh, is Goliath Must Fall. And when I started looking through the book, I thought, man, this is just really, really exciting because your blood pressure is Goliath. And God did not give Goliath authority over you. He gave you authority over Goliath. And we forget that. You know, whether it's anxiety or depression or some kind of uh, physical affliction or addiction, it, it, it's Goliath. And all we have to do is just bring him down. And this series will show us how to do that. I'm so excited about it. So if you don't have any inclination towards any other life group and you think, eh, maybe I don't need to do that, you need to come to this one then.
okay? Um, and we only have two minutes to speak, and I wish I had about 30, um, because I was going to tell a story about a little six-year-old girl who found out what Goliath was all about, and she brought him down. And she has come through life now, 67 years later. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know who Goliath is. And I know that he has no authority over me. He can't touch me because our Father in heaven watches over us. And yeah, he gave the devil the free will to try and do whatever he can, but we have the power to keep it from happening, so let's do it. You guys want to come? I was looking out there for Brett. I always know... I'm going to find Brett if I look for the cowboy hat, right? Him and Denny. <laughs> Got my cowboys here. Did you want to say something, Roger? No. Okay. Did you guys want to say something about your group? I was told you were. <laughs> Hello. Hold the mic up. There we go. Our group is You're Never Alone. Max Licato, it'll be six sessions. And the sessions will cover God's with you in the ordinary. I've never been there, but ordinary is God is with with the rest of you. God is with you when you're stuck, when you're in a storm, in the dark, you're in a valley, or God is with you when you need grace. Now we're located in Delphi, long way from here, every Tuesday starting September the 5th, but we drive to church alive because it's worth the drive. You can see us in Delphi on Tuesdays because Delphi is worth the fly. <laughs> I was quick. We have a lot of room, we have a big house. I don't have a child care, but we have a big house. All right. Actually, that was quick enough. I am going to do this. Come here, Phil. Come ahead. Phil did not want to walk up these stairs, and I don't blame him. <laughs> so Phil's going to share. Just a second. Yeah. Oh, no. As you were standing up, you were being prayed for. Uh, it's, the Lord just saying, resist, resist, resist the devil. He'll flee. Keep on resisting, brother. I've known Owen, guys, mid-80s, maybe, since, and uh, we are blessed. We are blessed. Adam, I got a few things I want to say. I don't get this opportunity very often. <laughs> How many believe that God cannot lie? Raise your hand. How many believe? Hey, I see some hands that didn't go up. You don't? God cannot lie. Truth. The Bible is the inspired word of God. Who believes that? Raise your hand. Still seem hands that didn't go up. Okay, this is audience participation. I want you to participate. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, how many have done that? How many have done that? Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. How many believe that? Wonderful. This is wonderful. You will be perfect. How many believe that? Nobody? What does it say? You will be saved. You will be saved. That's a promise. That's a promise. God does not lie. That's a promise. Somebody came up to me when I was standing up here praying for people with Roger. And he's battling alcoholism. I had to... It's a real issue. It's an issue. Addiction is an issue with a lot of people. But that's a promise from God. He will see you through. You know, once you're, once you're saved, then you are being, you've been justified. You've been justified. You will be saved. Now what you're going through now is sanctification. You're being sanctified day by day. Does that mean you're perfect? No, far from it. Owen knows all my shortcomings. Don't nod. <laughs> yeah, he knows. Uh, but we're a process. We won't be there until we see him. Face to face, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, this is the RK version, RKV version of uh, something that's the revised camera version. The sincere, heartfelt prayers of a believer are powerful. They're powerful. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Mm. Been praying for this man a lot this week. I know most of your faces. I love to greet people as you come in the front door. I love it. I enjoy that very much. I see some of my other greeters. I know many of your names. I know many of your names. I know some of your situations. And I know a few, some of your issues. But in the small group, and I'm going to call them small groups, Roger, sorry. They are live groups, but they're small. You know, this is a chance. This is a chance for you to really get to know somebody on a much deeper level, to be able to pray for them and they pray for you, encourage them and you, they be encouraging to you. That's what it's all about. That's what this is all about. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, so because of time, I'm going to move forward here with this. But don't worry, I preached to youth for 13 years. I know how to preach fast. So let's, let's just have a word of prayer real quick. Lord, I just pray that you would take these words I'm about to say and just anoint them with your Holy Spirit, God. Uh, Lord, I choose to speak worthy words. And your word says that if I'll speak worthy words and not worthless words, you'll make me your spokesman. So God, let me be your spokesman to your church this morning. God, to encourage them, God, into the things that you have for them within our life groups, God. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that Jesus 
is the author of life groups. And, and you know, I, I remember I used to, hear, used to hear this a lot as a youth pastor. People were worried about cliques, you know, little groups within the groups. Jesus had that. Come on, there were 120 in the upper room. But we don't know all their names. But there were 120. There were a group of 70 that's mentioned many times. There were the 12. This was Jesus' life group, was his 12 disciples, right? That's, his, I, I, that's the way I see that. That's his small group, if you want to call it that. He also had three best friends, right? Peter, James, and John, and then he had a best friend, John. So that's good. That's normal. We want to encourage that. The thing about life groups is this. There's a lot of life in the church that can't get done just on a Sunday morning. Amen? To me, Sunday morning should be a celebration where we all come together, we love on God, we worship God with all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Amen? Right? And we get some teaching. And that's good. But to make room for the gifts to flow, all the gifts should be operating in every church. Amen? Now, now let me just help you if you... If you don't know this, our church, we believe that this is the Bible. This is God's inerrant, perfect word. It's living. It's alive. It's for today. There's not one part of it that has passed away. It didn't die with the apostles. There's a lot of people believe that, and they're wrong as they can be. It's still happening today. Right? Amen. Amen. So we believe that. And so we want to do what's in the Bible and the Bible talks very clearly about doing life together, so let me get this very short message in here. But if you want to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and I'm going to read from the NIV version. I think you guys may have that. If you do, great. If you don't, here we go. Acts two forty-two. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, prior to this, uh, let me just go back a little bit, or, or let me read more, actually, than is there. So this, is, this, is, uh, this verse, the, uh, this passage, is coming right after uh, Peter's sermon, and it says in the, the last couple verses of the, of the previous uh, section of, of his message that... Uh, those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. You want to see the church grow? I want to see the church grow. The way we make the church grow is we speak the message of God when he is saying to speak it when it's appropriate. How do you learn how to do that? Here, yes, but you need to get in a life group. Because you're going to learn some skills there that that there's not always time for here on a Sunday morning. Look, if I did one thing right when I came back to Christ in 85, here's what I did. I didn't know what I was doing. I just, my sister had recently returned to the Lord, and we said, we need a Bible study. We didn't know what we were doing. We just called some friends. We started reading God's Word and saying, well, what do you think it means? Well, I don't know. What do you think it means? You know, and we would just, we'd talk it through. And then we'd have time to pray for one another, and we always had some food. That's a life group. That's what, that's what life group is. So I encourage all my life group leaders, serve some food. Farm it out. Ask people who are coming to your life group, hey, it's your turn next week to bring the chips. Your turn to bring the pop, right? Like you don't have to do it all. But 
There's something about spending time together in friendship that is what will glue us together and give us unity in our church more than we've ever had before. Amen? It really is. And so this is where we do this. So if you look at your handout there, uh, your bulletin, number one, fellowship matters. Fellowship matters. Listen, if, if it's important enough for God to put it in the Bible, it's important enough for us to follow. Let me read a little more of that. So looking at verse 42 again, and I'm going to read a bigger chunk, and they may or may not have this. So, And this is the ESV version. But they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship uh, and uh, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, no, we're not going to start a commune. It's okay. Everybody, don't worry. Okay? You don't have to go sell everything you have. That's not how we're living these days. However... If you think any bit of what you have does not belong to God, your, your thinking is skewed. See, my dad taught me a really important lesson when I was a kid growing up. He said, son, the way I see it, everything I have belongs to God, 100% of it. He just lets me keep 90, which is extremely generous. So how would I, why would I dare to not give him what he's due? Don't worry, I'm not going to give a big sermon on tithing, but I'll tell you, the Bible's really clear, and I'll debate anybody that wants to debate it. If you're not doing that, you may be putting yourself under a curse. It's in there. So I would encourage you, be faithful with your giving, okay? But this is, that's how we bring it to the storehouse these days, okay? It's a, it's a bit different than theirs. However, the way we attain the unity that's being talked about here is in life groups. This is how you got to get to know a group of people. See, here's what happens. As the church grows, and I believe we're going to continue to grow. I really do. Here's the challenge. We don't want our sheep to turn into cattle. Are you with me? There's a difference, right? Sheep are led. Sheep are not huge herds. They're smaller groups, right? They're smaller flocks. They're flocks. They're not herds. Cattle are driven. You drive cattle. We don't want that to be what our church is. Amen? A lot of big, big churches, that's what it is. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's just like driving cattle. We don't want that here. So one thing we really need to get going again is these life groups. They are life-giving. They are life-changing. They are life-developing. You will grow more in your Christian life if you're plugged into a life group than you will if you're just coming on Sunday morning. Amen? You really will. And I would even say it's possible you will grow more in your own personal life in life group than you would on a Sunday morning. Are you with me? I'm not saying it's more important, but it's important. And we have, this is something the church has missed. So as Pastor and I uh, and Taylor, as we talked earlier this year in staff about what we're going to do, things we need to do, this is something that uh, was given to me uh, again to oversee, but actually, Roger, stand up for just a minute, Roger. Roger Vogel has done an amazing job with our life group. So would you guys give him a hand, really, honestly? <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. 
He put that video together. He's called all these folks. He's put the groups together. He's got it going, and I'm so grateful for him taking the lead on this. But what we have to do is we got to get plugged into some life groups because number two, if you want to fill this out in your bulletin, we are shaped by fellowship with other believers. We are shaped by fellowship with other believers. And you see right there, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You will not grow as much as God desires for you to if you're not in intimate relationship with some other believers beyond just Sunday morning. Amen? Like, I'll be honest with you. Sunday mornings, I got enough hats I'm wearing already. I can't stand and talk to folks. And I, so if, if, if you've ever felt, man, Pastor Adam ignored me. I love you. I wasn't trying to ignore you. I just got a lot going on. Amen. Sunday morning is not a time. And, and really for pastor as well, he's, he's concentrating on his sermon. He's concentrating on the, the things that are coming up, things that have to be done. Amen. So there's a lot going on there. But, but if you have life groups, this is where iron can really sharpen one another. Because as you get to know one another, you'll start to know each other's flaws. Somebody say amen. Because we all got them. Like, like Phil said, we're not perfect <laughs> when we come to Jesus. You're not perfected. But you are saved. Amen? And so it's a process. Sanctification is a process. Growing in Christ is a process. And part of the process requires this. It requires fellowship. So number one, fellowship matters. Number two, we're shaped by fellowship with other believers. Number three, the church is made up of imperfect people. We just talked about this too, who know they are imperfect, right? Like I know I'm imperfect. Honestly, I'm not going to go into all my testimony. I'll just say the short version from the time I was 11 till the time I was 21. I ran from God. I did a lot of things I'm ashamed to say I did. My hair was down to here. I played in heavy metal bands. You can guess the rest, okay? Now, here's the deal. He who's forgiven much loves much. And man, I love Jesus. And I would argue I might love him more than you do. Just saying. Because I've probably been forgiven of a whole lot more. <laughs> That's just, I'm just saying. That's where, but God will use us in our imperfections to help sharpen each other. Amen. Man, life group is where we should hear tongues being used and interpretations happening. This is where these things happen. If you've wondered, hey, it's in the Bible. We believe it's for today. I'll just come right out and say it. Paul said, I praise God. I, tongue, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So it's for us. It is for today. If you think it died with the apostles, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't see that. Okay? But this is where it's a safe environment. There needs to be an interpretation if there's a tongue given. Right? Amen? That's what the Bible says. There should be, we, we could see, we might see healings there. I know when I had that little Bible study, it just grew and grew. And we saw all kinds of amazing things happening. And uh, we, we had prophecy happening. Someone would have a word from the Lord. And just, and I'll, matter of fact, I'll, I'll share one night. I remember my brother, uh, Ronnie Mason, was there with us. And we were all standing in a circle, and he was standing next to me, and he was shaking. And God was giving him a word, but he was, he was not sure about it. Was, it, was, it was new. But so afterwards, so at that moment, so God gave it to someone else who said it. And I asked Ron afterwards, I said, was that, a, was that what you were going to say? He said, that's exactly what I was going to say. I said, great, so now you know, right? So you see, it's growing like that. 
So he knew, man, that was God speaking to me. The next time that happens, I'll know what to say. I'll know who it is and where it's coming from. Amen? This is how we grow, guys. This is how we really become the church of Jesus Christ that we need to be. Number four, because time's running out, people need fellowship, connection, friendship, support, camaraderie. Yes, that's really a word. (laughs) It's what makes us human. It's what makes us human. Listen, you need friendship. No man is an island. You've heard that before, right? You, you cannot do this journey on your own. Even, even God, in the very beginning, when he first created everything, he said it's not good for man to be alone, right? So he made a woman. And one likes to remind you, because that's because when Adam saw her and named her, he went, whoa, man. <laughs> so, but, but so honestly, God has a a purpose in us having friendships and having connection beyond what you can possibly enjoy here. Because everybody's saying hello, everybody's saying, but you you know as well as I do, right, guys? Sometimes you ask somebody how they're doing, they don't really tell you, do they? They say, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. Define fine for me, right? Like, that, that's such a broad thing. And a lot of times it's because they know if they really start telling you, it's, it's a long thing. And they, don't, they know there's really not going to be. This is where it can happen is in life groups. This is where we can grow. So look at that last verse there, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, what does that mean, the day drawing near? The day of Jesus' return drawing near. Folks, people have been looking for Jesus to return ever since he went back to heaven. Amen? And it may be our generation, and it might be 100 years from now, and it might be 1,000. We don't know. So we need to do, and you've heard Pastor Owen say this before, we need to do What Martin Luther said to do when they asked him, he said, I'm going to plant another tree, I'm going to pay another bill, I'm going to try to save another soul. In other words, I'm going to just keep on living my life and trying to win people to Jesus. Amen? This is what our call is for. So let me give you real quick, if you want to write these down on your side notes there, I'm going to give you eight things, and don't worry, I'm just going to say them, so it's going to be quick. I'm going to give you eight defining elements that should be in life groups. So if you're a life group leader, you definitely need to take notes because I'm going to be asking if these things are happening in your group, okay? They need to be. Number one, develop friendships. Develop friendships. We need this to be a key element of our life groups. Develop friendships. Number two, have spiritual conversations, right? This is something that should be happening In our life groups, we should be talking about things that are spiritual and conversing and getting questions answered and and all those kinds of things. Number three, food. Everybody say food. There should be food, right? The Bible says over and over again, when they got together, they broke bread together. Look, we're too big to have a carry-in dinner every Sunday like we used to. But I can tell you, when this church began and it was 15 folks meeting in a basement, we, we just had dinner together every Sunday right after service. It was just the natural thing to do, right? But when you get too big for that, well, then where does that go? It goes to life groups. You should have food together, even if it's just some snacks, you know. That, that's fine. 
Sometimes maybe have, and yeah, and all the guys said amen, right? Food. So develop friendships, have spiritual conversations, food. Number four, a set time with set boundaries. Look, we don't expect your life groups to just go on into the night. For a long time, I was doing uh, the, the college and career group at my house on Friday nights. And it was great, except that when it was over, nobody left. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I was, you know, in my 50s already at the time. They could stay up till midnight. And for a while, I just went upstairs and went to bed and let them stay. It's all right. I knew they wouldn't tear the place up. But you need a set time. You need set boundaries, right? You need, you need to have some things. And, and even those set boundaries can also include talking to your group about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to share with the whole group. Amen? Sometimes if you've got a deep personal need, be wise. Go to someone you trust first, okay? Go to even, even come to a pastor, you know, but, or a family member, someone you know you can trust and then if they encourage you to share it with the group, that's, you see what I'm saying? Because sometimes there's stuff that you don't just want to throw out there for everybody because it, it can be difficult uh, to do that. Now, I will say that if you grow like we have in our men's group, I will promote us again, in an atmosphere where it's kind of like Vegas, what's said in men's group stays in the men's group, right? It's not repeated. And I can tell you for the eight, that last eight years, it's not, that's never happened once. Almost 10 years now we're going on. So it's never happened once. So set, set time, set boundaries. Number five, pray for needs. Listen, we need to take time to do what the Bible says, to lay hands on one another, to pray for one another, and pray for needs. Listen, in a, in a life group, in a smaller setting like that, you get to know somebody. You get to know who their family is. You get to know their needs. You get to know the ongoing needs. And you're going to be praying more consistently than you are if it's just coming to you uh, you know, from, from the pulpit or from the church, and that's the only time you're hearing of it. Number six, stay open to others, right? Create a problem of being too big. Jared, you can come on up if you would, buddy. Start to play. I'm looking at the time. I'm almost done here. Stay open to others. Listen, it's not us four and no more in these groups, okay? We want these groups to grow. And as you grow, you get to a certain size. You're about to burst out of the seams. I used to do a, a Bible study life group when I was living in married student housing, and I was a youth, a youth leader for Owen at a church, and I had 20 kids coming to my tiny little apartment, it was time to split up, right? So you want to grow to the point where you have to stay open to others, but you want to grow to the point where you got to be um, splitting because you're too big. Number seven, share the load. Listen, everyone needs to contribute if you're a part of a life group. Don't just come and sit, and, and, and you know, we... We have, we have folks like that who it's harder for them, it's, it's not, but you need to learn to open your mouth and share. You need to be a part of what's going on. Don't just go and just absorb and, and, and not grow, right? You don't want to get spiritually fat, amen? Okay, so we want to be spiritually fit. Share the load. And number eight, and this one's easy, enjoy what you're doing. This should be a part of our life groups. It should be enjoyable. It should be fun. You should enjoy doing these things together. So I want to thank you guys for your attention this morning. I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to share about our life groups. Again, why do we take a whole Sunday to do this? Because we believe it is extremely important for your growth, for my growth, for our growth, together as a church, to prepare. Because here's what's going to happen.
if God is sending revival, and I believe he is, and our church grows and our church, there's a reason our pastor and our pastor's wife are under attack. Satan's ticked. He knows what's coming. So we need to be in prayer, yes. We also need to be in preparation mode so we have the nets to hold the fish when God brings them in. Amen? Would you stand with me? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your church. We thank you for the wonderful folks here. We are so blessed, God. I'm so blessed to be on staff at a church with such a wonderful pastor who's passionate about you, who loves you, God, who pursues you with his whole being. And God, I'm so blessed to be in a church with so many others, God, who love you with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. And they love their neighbor as themselves. They want to do those, those Ten Commandments wrapped up in two that you command us to do, Lord Jesus. So I just pray that a blessing over each person today, Lord, as we go our way. Would you go with us, God? Would you encourage us to take a moment and sign up for the men's retreat? Sign up for whatever's happening with the ladies. Sign up for these life groups, God, while they're still open. And we just pray that you'd bless this congregation that way. And I'll just close with this right from the word of God. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the only wise God, our Savior, be both dominion and power, honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Be blessed as you go. Thank you, guys.